Welcome to the Feel Better Naked Podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you never ask and have fun while doing it. Hey, hey, welcome to the Feel Better Naked podcast, where we tackle all the things about life, family, career, just real women talking about real things on today. So really my wonderful co-host is with me, Dr. Jennifer. Hey girl, what's been going on in your world? Hey, well, we, it's it's nice to talk to y'all, but we have got a dog um, this week and it's been going all right, but the kids have been wanting one. our youngest are five, so we felt like we were ready to to get a dog. So um, that's what's new. He's okay. great. It's fun, but mm. <laughs> what's your dog? What's the dog's name? They named him Sneezy, but we're trying to switch it to Scooby. <laughs> I don't know. Uh oh, that fan of you. Fight is there. So if you guys have not uh, or even heard anything from us before or in Heart Listens intro. Jennifer has four lovely babies there, all under the age of 10. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So now they have a new family member. That's going to be exciting to see how that goes, to see who, who gets tired out of doing the dog responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be me. Yeah. When it gets cold and, oh, it's all fun and games until you have to take Sneezy out there in 10 degree or well, no you guys don't get 10 degree not in georgia 30 degree weather on the worst day i guess <laughs> yeah i'll be the one probably doing it now i think yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll help out but it's that's what's new what about you oh i'm actually right now it's just trying to get through you know our youngest is 12 so it's all about um youtube playstation Fortnite, trying to have a gazillion hours on those devices and trying to get him off of the screen time. And we also have a dog, we've had a dog, we have a German Shepherd. So it's always been the struggle bus for us too, to get him to like take the dog out since he was so excited about getting the dog. But when it's raining outside, all of a sudden, oh no, I don't, you know, maybe I'll do it next time. So Mm -hmm. we have that struggle with the 12 year old. So other than that, we're just pushing on towards at their times reporting, pushing on towards the end of the year and getting that last, you know, business things kind of refocus for going Mm -hmm. in next year as well, too. Yeah. Great. All right. So we're going to talk about the focus today is comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. So when you think about our current culture, things that we always hear, especially as women, things that are always pounding our head about our image, about what our body should look like, what our hair should look like, nails, all of those things. And we get into really just kind of shaming ourselves because we don't look like so-and-so that's the uh, Instagram celebrity or who's on the commercial or who's on that. So really, it's like, you know, we're really um, beating ourselves up and we're really taking it to the extremes. And we're saying about what beauty looks like, what health looks like, and like basically when it comes down to it, like who is setting these standards for what 
the perfect woman is supposed to be. Yeah. And the so, one, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about, and we can start with so many of these, you said body image, shame, shaming ourselves for a certain way we look and standards, I guess, for you growing up, what was the standard you felt like you had to live, live by? Yeah, I think just is just in general, it's always been what's just culturally where we've had this colorism the issue with being light is right, light light bright or light or, or always picking out a skin tone of someone else that's still in the that looks like you it could be African American but still having a division there of light skin long hair, dark you know dark skin wasn't quite in per se or you had to look a certain way or wear a certain thing to be able to fit in of what the norm uh, was or what was the perceived norm, but it was everything that you continue to see over and over again. Mm -hmm. So even now they continue to have like, you know, so-and-so is this different type of beauty. Well, that lady happened to be have darker skin and then someone else that could be lighter, they're just plain old beautiful. So that's still changing now or you don't have to pull out that somebody's skin tone or they look a different way so they they're unique looking compared to beauty being light and right yep yep yeah and it's all about who's setting these standards um and that yeah, yeah those standards are saying, yeah exactly who's setting there and we're all trying to follow them you know or you know because we're seeing it over and over again and being able to set up, hopefully having some things set up or at home that you are knowing that you are being valued and that you are beautiful the way you are, but that none of that, a lot of that is not being pushed as much because we're just bombarded, bombarded with all these media images. And we'll see in people that look a certain way being praised higher than others that don't look like that. Yeah, yeah, in particular when, you know, I think we are both, um, beginning well I'm a beginning millennial we're both in our late 30s pushing 40 <laughs> but you know we grew up skinny skinny uh, you know I, I guess from a white woman's perspective like you got to be super skinny um, and if not like mm, you better lose a little few pounds but it's shifted through adulthood and, and the line of work now with well now we're moms so we got to be um, and for those who aren't like you're aging getting closer to that perimenopause and you've got to be lean. So let's go lift weights and be lean because we don't want to have that body fat. And now it's big muscles, which is still like a skinny version. It's this image we're chasing, right? Now we've got Instagram, social media, and all that to see those things. Yeah, I think too that it's even like, you know, then it's, a, then it's a excessive. Everything is excessive to the ump degree. Okay, I have to do this hit class. You know, I got to do hit class six days a week. I got to do all these things. And then now I got to super restrict and be on the XYZ diet or this and that, like going to the extremes of all those motions, still trying to chase after some type of standard. Or, you know, it's like, guess what? Just because you're, if you're classified yourself as skinny, skinny doesn't mean healthy. There's plenty of images of, of women that are being shown now necessarily that they're skinny, but are they healthy? And healthy is overall total body wellness, not in you're free from disease, is are you healthy in your mind, your body? Are you getting quality sleep? 
Do you have stressors? Do you have all these other things that can pound into what health and wellness really means and not just an outside appearance? So people are not seeing that. They're focused on, oh, so-and-so is tall and slender. Or now you've kind of seen some, you know, now it's like in to have the normal size woman. You know, I think where they at some point, the normal size United States was, was like size 12 or 14. So now commercials are being more inclusive with individuals with different sizes, because that actually reflects what the, you know, American woman actually is. That's the sizes of the natural, so being able to have the appropriate sizes, you don't have all these funny different labels on it, and being able to show that real bodies in images, that's become more apparent, but it's still not negating the fact that if somebody posts a picture on social media of their weight loss journey, and they are a heavier individual, the trolls and the negatives that are gonna be down in the comments is saying, you don't need to be showing your body. Why are you doing this? That's this and that's that. So it, it all takes away, it's still that neg negativity when you're talking about looking at real women and real, real situations. Yeah, and I think that goes into like women being hard on each other, but also I think real hard on themselves. Like it's, again, this concept of you're, you're not enough, right? We're chasing something, it's never enough. You're either too skinny or you flaunt yourself too much or you're too overweight. It's, it's this concept of you're never enough. Um, and then, you know, I feel like when that's portrayed in yourself, it can come off on other people, other women. Yeah, women are not supporting each other. Exactly, yeah, you're we're continuing to have more and more division when it comes to body images, even individuals that are athletic, you got Simone Biles and I think it was Serena that, you know, body image, uh, I was one of the Williams sisters, body image where they were saying, oh, look at their bodies, looks manly, looks this and that, that's not this. And it's like, you got one extreme or the other. You can't be a healthy and fit athlete and have muscle mass. So now you're not, you're less of a woman or you're less of this, or you can't be someone that is going on a weight loss journey and that wants to lose some weight. What, what is, you know, where's the perfection going to be at? There's not going to be any perfection. There's no one that, that's perfect. You have to be able to set aside, set aside within yourself what's going to be healthy for you. And to me, healthy is not um, a weight, you know, and that's all the scales are set up that way. Going to the doctor's office, let's do the BMI based on your weight and your height. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? That doesn't fit majority. If they do just use BMI, when it comes down to people's size, even just you talking about like men and football players, almost all of them would be overweight and be on the high scale if you just use those parameters or you yeah, have exactly. individuals for their different size and height and the, the sport that they play. You're going to have more muscle mass. It's going to show women that at their top fitness levels and they're going to be on that scale as overweight or unhealthy. Yeah. So you get tied in so much into those numbers, 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 numbers. I got to do the scale and weigh myself. I got to do this instead of you're killing yourself trying to worry about the scale and your mental health is out, is, is trash. You've got so much extra stress, those cortisol and stress hormones are firing all the time. And that's causing more abdominal weight gain. One of the danger areas for increasing health risk for different health you know, conditions with heart disease and diabetes and things like that. So you get in that cycle of chasing the scale and seeing, oh my gosh, I gotta be in this, am I this? Instead of getting the cycle of 
how can I make some healthier eating options? How can I move well? How can I sleep well? How can I have you know, my stress, stress levels and form positive attachments and positive relationships? That all goes into your health. So if all you're focusing on is calories in, calories out, and let me do the next you know, 10,000 step challenge because that's gonna get me to this and that. It's always chasing, chasing, chasing. Yeah, and I think this really comes on personal for me because I um, have diastasis recti after having the twins. So would be asked all the time, you've got this, are you pregnant? Hey, I'm not pregnant. Um, and if, you know, I'm sure if any of you women out there have that, um, it's something I love to treat and I have a personal journey with it. But I sat down with my counselor and I was working out so hard, but feeling depleted, getting sick, um, heart rates up high, got my heart checked out, went to see a functional medicine doc to get my hormones checked into. And my counselor said, well, well, why are you working out? And then I had to really look at myself and say, am I chasing this image to get this belly to look different? Or am I doing it for everything you just said to feel whole and healthy overall and it was kind of a smack in the face and I had to stop doing what I was doing for a second and um and really dig hard is am I doing this for fun because I enjoy it or am I chasing this having this flat stomach yeah well through the ladies that don't they're not familiar with diastasis tell tell me about that just a little brief brief overview and what that is yeah, diastasis recti is where your linea elbow, which is in between that six pack muscle, the rectus abdominis, never quite comes back together. And so you can have a more rounded belly. There can be weakness. Diastasis is also can be associated with low back pain, urinary leakage, and it can also be um, related to vaginal prolapse, pelvic pain. But it's where that abdominal wall doesn't quite heal naturally on its own. And so physical therapy and working with that abdominal strength and core stabilization can really help it out. Um, there's different types. So mine is a full length. I got the twins were in my belly for 38 weeks. So um, I got quite large. They're both seven pounds. <laughs> um, so, so that was in third pregnancy, right? So it's, it's something that um, takes time to heal. No, you don't have to have surgery. Um, and this, definitely something we'll talk further in our podcast about but you know your body's going to change after you have a if you have a child um and we're not trying to chase the pre-baby body we can be beautiful and strong and sexy and feel great naked in a, a body that just looks different and so you know going after that topic of you of, of really what standard was i chasing and i was chasing the standard i wanted to prove to my clients I can heal this and get this flat stomach. But I thought that, but it was really, it was for myself. Like I felt like I really wanted that flat stomach again um, for some standard and yeah, I put out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. That kind of goes when you're talking about that pre-pregnancy um, weight or pre-pregnancy body. You know, like I said, after you have a child there, you know, pre, everything pre that child is now shifted and all in all different. So yes, there's, you know, some ladies depends on, you know, even with like age, you know, had a baby in your twenties after that first baby, you might've, Ooh, okay, bounce back is looking good. Then you get back closer to the thirties and then you keep progressing a little bit. It's going to look different for everybody. So if we get in our mindset, 
soon as I get released from the doctor, you know, the six week checkup, the doctor said, I'm okay. Let me, they have approved me to go back to exercise. And you hop right in there like, I gotta get my weight down. I gotta get my weight down. Like, oh, I'm breastfeeding. Oh, that'll, that'll come down. My weight will come down with breastfeeding. Then I gotta get back to the gym doing all these hip workouts and trying to do box jumps and burpees and all this high impact stuff thinking I gotta burn these calories to get down. And what do you, what, what is it some common things that you have seen that ships right at that six week kind of appointment that goes all about body image because people want to hit back into their gym and they think they got to get this pre-pregnancy um, body back. But what do you, what's going on in that pelvic floor that's saying, guess what? At six weeks, you don't need to be doing jumps and squats and doing hits and heavy training sessions, even if yeah. you are approved to exercise from your doctor. Dr. Letitia. <laughs> I opened up the can. That's, I opened up the can on um, this. We'll, we'll try to keep it under wraps. I know there's reminder, a reminder. I'm a pelvic physical therapist and own a clinic here in South of Atlanta. And, um, you know, that question that you just brought up is, well, it's a mystery when your doctor says six weeks, you're clear, good to go. What? I don't even know. So first of all, if you've done these things that Dr. Letitia is saying, it's okay that you've done that because you're doing the best of what you got, but just, you've got to get the pelvic floor checked out. I don't care if you've had a cesarean birth, vaginal birth, we need to know a baseline because you can make a diastasis worse and you can give yourself a vaginal prolapse, which is really basically where that um, vaginal canal falls up into the opening of the vagina. Not a pathological thing, just really annoying. And um, you can create those things by doing these burpees and not really getting good postpartum guidance and recovery to say, do I have a diastasis? Do I have a vaginal wall prolapse? Um, can I engage my abdominal wall the way I need to protect my spine? This is just not about pelvic floor. This is low back injuries, hip injuries, knee injuries, ankle injuries. And, you know, we're going all back to this, this, you know, comparing what we need to look like and about six weeks, my body's got to be in this place. Um, so as far as pelvic floor and all of that's concerned, we need to know, do you have these um, diastasis and vaginal prolapse? Because that can be a compromise to injury, further injury to your abdominal wall back, and maybe not immediately, but potentially through time. Um, or urinary leakage, um, which again is something that's very common for women that even haven't had children, but particularly if you've had children, urinary leakage is common, doesn't have to be your normal. You don't have to wear a pad to get these burpees and runs, you know, to lose that that belly weight to look like. Yeah. Never, right? Yeah. So exactly. And also you want to be able to do obviously things for yourself. So a lot of, if you're, if you're passionate, obviously your reason why you're wanting to make that body changes for your overall health and wellness and things you want to do for yourself. Yes. We, you definitely want to encourage those things um, as well. But if you think about even after, you know, childbirth, if that baby was in you for nine months, you think nine months of your body getting beat up with that baby that in six weeks, <laughs> it'll be ready to take on the world. You just had nine months of carrying that child and all those different changes. And you think six weeks after the birth, you're, you're back to normal. Yeah. It, the, those numbers don't even add up. If you even just think about Not real. it Not um, real. that way and say you had a baby yeah. years ago, my, uh, my son is, is, is 12. Would you still have some issues, even if it's been 12 years 
since childbirth? Yeah. I mean, we have so many women that'll say, um, you know, my baby's 12 or 20. Like, I don't have, you know, I'm not, doesn't have a baby. Well, that's okay because once your body has postpartum, it's always postpartum, right? It's changed. And, and maybe, and this is why postpartum recovery is so crucial that maybe it's taken you 12 years to now have urinary leakage because it, you, um, statistically women who may not leak the first year after having a baby, but within five years, women can. So, and that's for a lot of factors, right? There's hormonal changes, maybe different types of activity you're doing. Um, and so that being said, yes, if you had a baby 12 years ago and you're having all these issues, a public physical therapist for sure can help you um, get on track to not have those, those issues as well. So thanks for letting me go on my tangent. Yes, yeah. I'm physical therapist. <laughs> I knew, I knew it's like, okay, well, let's keep, let, let, let's, oh, yes, we'll keep that open in on. So when it, some of the stuff, when it comes to, you know, back to comparison is a thief of joy, looking at those social media images. Um, I was just looking at here that they had a, a study from the Florida House Experience that uncovered that both women and men compare their bodies with those in the media. They looked at a thousand men and women that focus on their body image, confidence, and the media. It found that 87% of women and 65% of men compare their bodies to images they consume on social and traditional media. Mm -hmm. And then in comparison, over 50% of the women and 30% of men compare their bodies unfavorably. So they're looking at these images and saying, I don't add up. I am not normal. Something is wrong with me. I need to change X, Y, Z. I need to figure out what the new X, Y, Z fad diet in that I send so-and-so do and they lost weight. Mm -hmm. So we're continuing saying that uh, the way I am, something's wrong with me. And then, and that's gone back for I mean, years and years and years, way, way back when they were putting corsets, corsets so tight, it was breaking ribs and stuff to get into the dresses to show the cinched, you know, waist and this cinched appearance. Yeah. Now, I know years ago, this came out with the actual Barbie dimensions. They said if Barbie was an actual woman, she'd be 5'9", have a 39-inch bust, an 18-inch waist, 33-inch hips, and a size 3 shoe. So if that's what we're saying is being perfection, that those body dimensions are just crazy. And she'd be what, 110 pounds? Yeah, yeah, they said, yeah. But, but they said that Barbie calls that figure um, at her weight of 110 pounds, they classify that as full figured. <laughs> full figured, 110 pounds. And 5'9", bust, bust chest so heavy, right of fall forward somewhere on your little size three feet. Oh, look at size three feet, just crazy. So that would be, those dimensions would be classified. It, it would put in the category of anorexic. So we put in this image of anorexic is healthy and is the standard. And that goes that across all, yeah, all, all that goes across all, you know, demographics too. You know, there weren't even Barbies that looked anything like if you were darker skin or black sand, they didn't have any Barbies until, well, the first colored Barbie in 1967, and then really the official first um, black Barbie in 1980. And even then with that colored Francie in 1967, she was a little bit shorter than Barbie. That could be a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was literally the exact mold of Barbie. It was just like Barbie dipped in chocolate. 
exact mold. So there was no facial features, no tone, any of none of that stuff that looked anything like anyone ethnic. And then it took all the way to 1980 to get a Barbie that had color. And now they, you know, obviously diversified and things now, but it goes back to those images. You get other, other but not images. really, not really. Yeah. Let's go back to that comment on Barbie diversified. No, because I've yeah. got three daughters, 10, eight, and five. And I'm not a fan of Barbie. They know I'm not. They know mom <laughs> doesn't like Barbie. So they get Dollar Tree dolls that look like Barbie. Yeah. But I've been in the Barbie aisle and it really isn't. It's not there's it's really hard to find that full figure like the real dimension doll. You can't mm -hmm. find that at these stores. No, that's still the image of you know what's supposed to be portrayed as the right size or the right this, you know. So, you know, and those are the same images over and over again. Little girls are seen. I was never really into Barbies either, so I didn't have the Barbies. But oh, I, I was. Sister, I yeah, was. Had oh, I had Barbies school and liked all those things. I wasn't really a Barbies um, person or, or baby dolls or anything like that per se. But they're like I said, that's the same images that continuing starting as a young girl. Or if you see a girl, a woman on a, you know a video or singing, and she's got herself you know exposed, little clothes on, little bat, and then the little girl is going to the kids aisle and they're selling the clothes that the girls are not covered up and they're not there and they're thinking, oh yeah, that's cute. That's what so-and-so looks like on TV. I'm going to say all those, all their lyrics and have my little, have a little girl dancing around thinking that's cute at this three and four year old. So then she's continuing now to see the image of what's supposed to be the standard yeah. from a small age, all the way up into uh, adulthood. Mm -hmm. It's like that, that cycle that continues to be over and over and over. And you're thinking, oh, well, that's right then. Right. You know, that's the way it's supposed to be because we've been ingrained, that ingrained image. So reshifting our thoughts, reshifting that mindset on redefining um, what healthy is for me and getting out of that comparison game, comparison can beat us down and continue to have different spirals into depression and body dysmorphia and all these different body image issues based on being so focused on comparing and having all these images, you know, in front of us. Yeah, I love Brene Brown. She's one of my favorites. She's got a lot of great books. There's one, Gifts of Imperfection. And really the title, um, the, the, the quote with that book that I love the most is, let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. And it's, it's difficult. This is not a, oh, I listened to a podcast. It's a journey, right? We got to keep working through this because just like you said, these standards that are set, it's not just from our family, friends, it's culturally. It's now in social media and you flip on that Instagram and boom, what are we going to see? And so it's, it's a journey for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good good place to wrap up on that is definitely with that with that quote to let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Mm -hmm. So that we kind of lean on those things and then being able to get the right support system for you. If you're having challenges with these things and being able to get around other like-minded like-minded women, um, so you know, basically getting your circle, elevating your circle so that you can get some more positive impact, get some more positive things that are going on so that you can be lifting each other up and supportive and not into the tearing down mode and always being, um, you know, seeing people at their worst instead of encouragement and, and support.
uh, of women. Yeah. All right. So now we've completed with this episode, Comparison is the Thief of Joy. Make sure you go ahead and follow both of us on social media. You can find all of our uh, social media handles in our show notes. And we look forward to hearing from you in our next episode. All right. Bye, y'all. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing. Sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.